Welcome to Better Family Travel with Amy and Kathleen, the podcast where we'll help you plan fun, enriching, and affordable experiences for you and your family that meet your goals. We'll ask ourselves hard questions, reveal our mistakes, and share a new perspective on what better family travel can look like for you. Whether you're a seasoned traveler or your journeys are just starting, you're a better family traveler just by tuning in. Hi, for Better Family Travel, I'm Amy DeCesare, and I'm joined by Kathleen Monroe. And we are just had an amazing interview with a good friend of mine, Michelle Quijero, talking about travel with teens and that experience is not judged by the length of time, but the quality of time. What do you think, Kathleen? I think that it's really well-timed because as I'm planning on putting together a series of passports for my family, I'm, I'm not moving fast on this project. So by the time we have them, my kids will be teenagers. So what I'm doing is I'm listening very carefully for the feedback that she has so that when I travel with my teenagers, I'll know exactly what to do. I would like to just ask everybody, you know, we've we've had over quite a few downloads and really starting to get a following, which is super exciting. And we have a great guest lined up for upcoming episodes too. And so just if you are listening to us and enjoying us, we just ask that you like us and leave us a review where you're listening to your podcast. It really helps us out to get additional listeners. So without anything else, I'm going to go to our interview with Michelle. Let's talk to Michelle. Kathleen, I'd like to introduce you to a really good friend of mine, Michelle Quijero. Michelle and I work together and have known each other now for, gosh, what, at least six years, Michelle, I think. I think just over six. A long time. A while. Michelle and I see eye to eye on some things and have different views on other things, but she is one of those people who I always walk away and have an amazing conversation with. And you come to find out, I think in this COVID time, our office has been remote since almost a year now. And Michelle and I would probably talk, if not daily, weekly, we would, we would talk, but you come to realize that we have very little reason to interact on a day-to-day basis. And it was mostly by choice that we would have our conversations. And so as we were doing better family travel, I really wanted to bring Michelle on because she has such great perspective and insight. So I'm glad that you two get to meet each other. Nice to meet everybody. I'm glad to be here. But with that intro, I just am not really sure what to say here. So I hope you've got great questions. Well, Michelle, I haven't met you before, so it's really nice to meet you. And, you know, you're here on our Travel Mindset podcast where we're sort of talking about how to improve upon our experiences with our families as we move into the world if we can and out into our backyards if that's all we have, which is the case right now. So can you tell me just a little bit about your family unit and who you guys are? Yeah, sure. So I guess it's really myself and then my son, Connor, who is 20 years old, and then my partner, Todd. We all live together. And let's see, I have been divorced since 2003. You know, it's really was just Connor and I for a long time. And then Todd came into the picture eight years or so ago now. So really just the three of us at this point in time. Then obviously we have, you know, my mom, my two sisters and their families, and they are off living in Massachusetts. Michelle, Kathleen and I have had a lot of conversations about our own family childhood memories of travel and vacation and what the reality was. Can you give us a little idea or a little background on what your own experience was growing up about family travel? 
So when I was a kid, our biggest trips that we made all the time were we used to go back and forth to Cape Cod. My um, We went there for a long time and my parents eventually bought a place there, which was great. So we would go there in the summer for a couple of weeks each year. And we did other travel too. You know, we did Disney World. You know, we we took, you know, we once took a trip to the Philippines to visit my, fa- my dad's family. That was great. But our typical year would be we would go back and forth to the Cape. My recollection of that trip was that it was like a million years long. And we would all pile into the back of our old station wagon. Remember those old station wagons, you know, with the paneling on the side and everything? Ours was navy blue. Yep, yep. Third seat we, in the back. <laughs> yep. We had the, we, well, we didn't have a seat in the back. We had the regular seat and then we had the big area that you could sprawl out. And so we would fight to see who would get to be in the way back where you could like lay down and read a book or whatever. And that was before we really cared about seatbelts or anything. So I, that's what I remember most about those trips. And it was kind of cool because, you know, since we had the, whoever was in the way back, you didn't have a fight about windows. Everybody had a window. It was great. I feel like the way back is actually a term. I'm going to take a poll. I'm putting it on our Facebook group. So if you're listening, go check out the Facebook group. There's a poll there. It'll be there. (laughs) Who used the term way back? I'm sure it's a thing. It's the way back. Everyone wanted to be in the way back. Oh, in the way back. The way back was the best part of the car. (laughs) And and it's funny too, because you're talking about the trip, but you're remembering the travel to the destination. That's come up for us in the past too. Mm -hmm. My kids really liked the plane ride was half of the fun on our vacation was actually just getting to the destination, which for the adults, that was our goal was to get there. And, you know, the plane trip was functional, but for the kids, that was part of the experience for them. And I think we forget that as adults, that the journey to that destination is just as much a part of the vacation. Oh yeah. I think that's right. Because it's the start of you not being at home. It's the start of your trip. So you really are actually away as soon as you get into the car. And I know that it's kind of played out, you know, as I've gotten older with my own kid, but you know, it's the same sort of thing happens as well. So kind of, kind of interesting how that happens. So Michelle, be a little bit of a guide for us because, you know, Kathleen's oldest is, you know, we have six kids between us. Mm-hmm. I have the youngest at five. Her oldest is is 12. So we have talked about traveling with small children and given our advice on traveling with small children and, you know, even, you know, school age. What's it like traveling with a teenager? Oh, wow. So traveling with a teenager, well, anything with a teenager is a little bit of a challenge. You know, the thing about little kids have every, every little kid has their own challenging periods of time and everything, but for a long time, you can pick them up and you can move them. You know, you can actually just physically move them around and, and then suddenly you can't. And that usually coincides with when they're teens and when they're teens, they want to do their own thing. They want to visit with their friends. They do not want to be with you. And your idea of what, what always was fun before, you know, we used to go to the Cape when you used to go biking and we used to go swimming on the beach and picking up shells and stuff like that. Well, suddenly that is just not so fun. That is just boring. And, you know, why are you making me come here and everything like that? So connecting with your teen is just a different kind of thing. I mean, I'm not to to say that you can't do it. It's just that it's not the same as it's always been. And you just have to kind of be open to that sort of thing. Yeah. So you and I have talked and you did something pretty cool a few years back. And I just 
would love to take our better family travelers. You know, when you first start talking about travel when you're young, you know, it's the length of the, you know, we remember them long trips, right? And I know you, well, let, let me, let me ask you this. You seem to be a planner. When you think of vacation or travel for your year for, you know, is that something that you put into your annual budget? How do, how do you approach travel or is it kind of spur in the moment? So for like a summer vacation, obviously I'm going to plan for something like that. That's something that I would think about in advance. I would budget for it. If it's a short weekend trip somewhere, a day trip or something up to Boston, that's probably going to be something that I plan maybe the day before or, or something like that. I just, you know, get the idea to mm -hmm. do that. And you can do that actually when you have teams, as long as they're bought into the idea. If it's an interesting destination, something they want to do, it works out really, really well. So I think the story you're talking about is the, is the one where we were going to go. So when, when Connor was probably, I think he was around 14 years old. So 14 is probably in the thick of of teen, teen years, 14 to 15, probably 15 is the worst, but 14 to 15 is right in there. And he's a good kid. Don't get me wrong, but you know, we were really having some difficulties kind of connecting. And so I had this idea that he had always wanted to go to Canada. And so I thought, well, why don't we go to Niagara, Fa Niagara Falls? Cause I could drive there and it's interesting. And there's that nice, you know, area you, you could walk along and everything. I thought we could walk like across from, I think there's like a bridge or something or whatever you could, you could drive across and we would be in Canada, someplace different he'd never been. So I, I researched it and he was excited about it. And so I made all the reservations and we were all planning to go. And then like two days before we're going to leave, we're going to leave on a Friday, just go for a long weekend to like the following Monday or Tuesday. A couple days before we're going to leave, he says, you know what? I don't really want to go to Canada. I have no interest in going to Niagara Falls at all. You know, I think it's dumb. Why do I want to go there? You know, typical teen. And I was like, oh, well. And so that had been my plan for like a summer sort of vacation. So I was kind of really kind of bummed about it because I had really personally been looking forward to spending time together, you know, to bond with my teen. So I had been thinking and thinking, what, well, what else can we do? And I made a bunch of suggestions, you know, go to Boston, go wherever. He wasn't interested in any, in any of them. But I noticed he was really into, at the time, Hamilton, the play in New York. And so he would, you know, he'd play the soundtrack constantly and he He'd be singing the songs and whatever. And so I finally was like, you know, I was going to spend like a thousand dollars on this vacation. Why don't I see if I can get Hamilton tickets? And I looked, I looked online and I mean, Hamilton tickets were, and still are, I'm sure, horribly expensive. I mean, like ridiculously <laughs> so. And so I was looking and looking, but I, I realized I actually could get some pretty decent seats. And so I just, I looked really, looked over the weekend and I was being really careful. And I picked out seats for that Monday, that Monday night, because, you know, who goes on a Monday, right? And I was able to get these seats in the front row of the balcony, just off on the, you know, as you're looking at the stage to the right, but not way to the right. So kind of center right. He comes home from school on Monday and I was home that day. I took the day off and I say, so what are you doing? And he says, I don't know. I'm doing whatever. And I say, okay, well, get your stuff. We're going to go to go see Hamilton. He's like, what? <laughs> and I was like, no, we're going to go see Hamilton. So he's like, no, we're not. I was like, no, we are. Get your stuff. You need to wear the, these are the clothes you need to wear and we're going to go. And so we take off and it turned out to be the best thing 
it's really the best trip I have ever done with him because he was so surprised. And, you know, he didn't want to do a family trip with his mom. He wasn't interested in a trip to Ni Niagara Falls. For him, the thing that was so cool was his mom just knew him and listened and figured out a thing that we could do. We went down to Hamilton. Um, we got there, you know, plenty of time, walked all around, you know, walked all around New York, got something to eat. And we got there and I have these pictures and, you know, picture a 14 year old. Old, right? They don't smile. You know, <laughs> they're always just kind of sullen and grouchy and whatever. I've got these photos of him. He is just beaming, you know, in front of the little Hamilton sign. And then when we're up in the balcony, when he saw the seats and, he, you know, and we were like right in the front there, he was like, he was like blown away. And it was actually pretty cool. I, I mean, I've never gotten seats like that before. So it was great. That was really probably the best trip that we ever could have done. And probably the most perfect thing, at least for my team, for us to connect. It really had the effect of doing exactly exactly what I hoped for out of our driving trip away, but it was just much more meaningful to certainly to him and to both of us eventually overall. That really cool. But was it, I mean, I was there and I remember, mm -hmm. you know, you, like you said, you put a lot of effort into planning that trip yep. and, you know, was it hard to, for yourself, not just even for yourself, was it hard to accept that the trip wasn't going to happen versus forcing him like, we're gonna go to Niagara and you're gonna go and you're gonna have fun. Like, was that a hard thing to not do? Yeah, because it was because I really had wanted to go and I thought it would be really fun. And I was sure that if he got there, he would think it was kind of fun. But, you know, at, at that funny age, you know, that 14, 15, you know, they, they just aren't little anymore. You know, they're, they're certainly not grown up but they really have their own things that they like. And if they really take a dislike to something, you know, you can force them to go. I mean, I could have forced them to get in the get in the car, but it wasn't going to be the experience that I wanted. You know what I mean? And I kind of figured that out relatively quickly. I was really sad about it. I know, I know we talked about it, you know, at the time because I had really been looking forward to this type of, you know, trip. I like doing that kind of thing, but it, you know, it just wasn't going to happen. And so it, it was just, it was the right move not to force it, not at that age. I know, I'm sure, I'm sure other people might disagree, but that worked out very well for us. Are you familiar? Cause you read a lot of stuff. Are you familiar with the field of behavioral economics? Have you, are you I think so no. So there's a field it's, it's relatively, it's fairly new. Daniel Kahneman won a Nobel prize for it in economic a few years ago, you know, but it really came out after World War II, Daniel Kahneman, Amos Tversky out of Israel, and then they came to the US. And it's a growing field. You know, you have Dan O'Reilly from uh, North Carolina, and he does a lot of writing on it. And really, it's about how we spend our money. And, you know, some of it has to do with like rational behavior. But a lot of it, that they really look at is how we spend our money to make us happy, you know, like, and the thought behind it. And I was, I was reading a book called happy money, actually in preparation for this interview, just kind of getting some, some of the thoughts together. But the idea behind it is one of the things is that we spend money on experiences. One of the ways we can spend that we can actually use money to make us happier is that we can spend money on experiences and not things. And I think instinctively, most of us know that. But the interesting thing that I found was that studies have shown that it is not the duration of the event. It is not the duration of the event that that matters, actually. So the fact that you, you know, traded in a long weekend at Niagara Falls for one night in New York for this really amazing experience, there is something to the fact that it does, the time doesn't matter. There is not a time correlation, you know, that more time 
time spent would actually increase your happiness. So knowing your teen and instinctively for you or or listening to like those forces that said like, hey, we got to do it differently because not going to Niagara Falls, but it's not an easy decision. It's, you know, what will make us happy and what we think will make us happy is not always <laughs> immediately lined up. I don't know. What do you think, Kathleen? Yeah, I, yeah, I know. I, I completely agree. I'm thinking about how making the decision to follow his interests mm-hmm. allowed you to put value in that shorter experience because it met a lot more of his needs than a long weekend in Niagara Falls would have done for him because you know your your needs at the time and his needs at the time were so widely divergent when kids are very very little running on the beach and playing in the sand meets those developmental needs that they have and luckily they align in some way with our needs as adults to have some downtime and have the kids seek out movement you know that doesn't involve our structuring everything and orchestrating everything that they do that's why beaches are so great it's meeting everybody's needs all at once but then there's this funny middle phase that you're talking about these teenage years where the needs that need to be met are very very different and i'm thinking about you know the the additional needs that teenagers have, like the social connections that they absolutely have to have. You know, you went to Hamilton, which didn't necessarily provide him with an immediate social connection, but it did give him some social currency. He can come back and he has this experience that now places him with a role in his social group that he didn't have before. He's done something that is really, really cool. Mm-hmm. That A trip to Niagara Falls may not have given him that same social currency, Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that that is an interesting way too to look at what you choose to do with your teenager, because when you really think about the needs at that stage, it may change your mind about what might make a good vacation or not and where your investment of your money might actually be worth the most. Yeah, I think I think that is that's a really good point. You know, understanding how to meet the needs of your teen is something that we kind of lose sight of sometimes because we're, you know, we're, we're busy planning, we're living our lives or whatever. Teens need to have their, they're developing their own personality. They need to feel a little bit more independent. You know, I felt, I remember thinking about this. I felt that like by validating, by choosing an experience that validated his needs or his um, his interests and 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 showed that I cared about what he what he thought and what he cared about. I felt like that was actually I just suspected that that was going to be a good use of time. Now, just just to be clear, I mean, and and Amy knows this because we talked about it at the time. Honestly, I don't spend money a lot. I just I'm very frugal about things, and so just the thought of spending you know a, a, an enormous amount of money on Hamilton tickets, I I was like I was like in shock. I was horrified fight about this. I remember talking about this. What do you think, Amy, for like a week? A long time. I, yeah. I just, you know, it was, it was almost, it was hard. It was a hard thing for me to do to spend that enormous amount of money on tickets to go to a Broadway show. But it was not something I did lightly. I mean, I'm a single parent, you know, it's not something that, you know, we just don't do that. But it turned out just to be really the best vacation we really ever had. And it wasn't even a vacation. It was just a thing that we did together that was, that allowed us to connect and, and bond as a, as a family, you know, which I thought was great. How have your decisions evolved since that trip? You know, you don't always have to drop a thousand dollars to to have that <laughs> nope. that experience that lets your teen know that you're recognizing their interests. Have there been? I know you're kind of putting you on the spot with this question, but have you had any other experiences since then that remind you a little bit of the lesson that was learned? You know, by this big event, has it affected? 
some of the decisions you've made since then? I don't think we've had a, a big event like that since, but it has certainly affected the way that we've decided to do things together. So like, if I want to go, if I say, you know, what are we going to do this summer or whatever, I go to him and see what he wants to do. And what's been really interesting is that as he's gotten older, you know, he, he'll have different interests and he'll, he'll, he'll mention something that he might, he might want to do. But some of the things that he mentions are kind of revisiting things that we did when he was younger, except seeing it through older eyes, which I find really just kind of interesting. Like, we used to go down to Washington, D.C. to go visit with his dad. So I mentioned I was divorced. His dad lived down in Northern Virginia. So we used to go down there once a month for the visit. And then we used to go once a year, just our, just the two of us, just go, just sort of tour around uh, the city and, 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 and just check stuff out and whatever. As he's gotten older, and we haven't been there in a number of years at this point, but as he's gotten older, he's actually expressed, you know, a desire to go back and check out some of those things that we used to do, you know, the Air and Space Museum and you know, checking out DuPont Circle, which is a kind of happening area that he really likes. And so it's just been kind of interesting to, to have him, you know, choose to do those things on his own instead of me making him. So that's kind of a neat thing, you know? So, and I actually see you on Facebook. He's a, he's a pretty cool chef right these days, right? Right. So as I mentioned, he's 20. Um, so he is, he would normally be in his sophomore year. He's taking a, a, a year off from school right now. They, you know, they shut down for the pandemic last year and the hybrid kind of classes just didn't really work for him. But prior to that, you know, prior to going hybrid and having the upheaval last year, he had actually been doing some really interesting, you know, interesting uh, making of meals and different cooking techniques. And he'd come home and show me. So at the beginning of the pandemic, we did this, um, we did this, um, and I know you've seen it, Amy, on Facebook. We just did this every night. There would be day 32 of the pandemic, the pandemic chef, and then there would be whatever whatever it is that, that he cooked. So I actually learned how to make a whole bunch of stuff. He came home and he made like salmon, uh, poached salmon with hollandaise sauce. That was like his go-to thing that he made. I mean, like real hollandaise sauce. I never had real hollandaise sauce. I only ever had the stuff that you get out of the, the little envelope at the, at the store that you mix with the milk and everything. You just sort of mix it together that's that stuff is terrible the stuff the real hollandaise sauce is actually really really good as it turns out so um yeah so he's been doing a lot a lot of cooking we're actually experimenting now with um different filipino foods because my dad was filipino and so this is kind of a way for us the both of us to kind of connect to to our heritage our shared heritage so you know the you know cooking too can be something um that you can use to connect with your team uh, we had a mutual friend of ours becca paulino on our actual Hallsauser, it's not using her maiden name, but talking about cooking and connecting to her father's roots in Italy and how mm -hmm. that did. So, so it, I think it is a common theme to like still bring you back to those roots. And it's really, you know, we talk about travel, you know, as a destination, but, and I don't mean to be cliche and I know this sounds it, but it's a journey and it's an evolution. And, you know, I was, that was what I was sitting here thinking as listening, you know, to you and Connor and what you'd been through, you know, that, you know, you were the parent and you were completely in charge and we are going to go to Niagara Falls because I know best and you don't, we're just going to go there because that's what the plan is. And, and they go and they have a good time and how the journey starts to change. And not only is it like the destination, but sharing the driving along the way. Like I, I'm not the sole driver of this anymore. You know, I may like, for instance, like right now for my family, I'm the driver, you know, and I'm, 
my like I'm the driver. I make sure everyone's happy, but I'm the driver, and I they all know that. And it's not a you know it is what it is. But in thinking through travel for my family, what I what I try to do is you know I've in my mind I've identified like what's the one thing for everybody in my family that will make it a good trip, you know. So for many of them, it doesn't matter where we go, but I I need to you know for my husband Wade, I need to have some something that's not planned, something spontaneous, something other. I accomplish that because I have twenty five plans in the back of my head and I pick one, you know, whichever was appropriate, but it meets his need of that. For my littlest guy, Nathaniel, you know, he needs some downtime to play with his cars on the floor. And it doesn't matter what we do. We have to have that. Maddie, it's it's a jungle gym. She needs a playground. She needs like, she's like a connoisseur of playgrounds. And like every time we pass one, she's like, ooh, Playscape. And, you know, she could write a travel guide about Playscapes. And William's history. William wants to go to every historical place that I ever went. But I'm the driver. And so one of the things that I found really interesting and what you've done and, you know, ahead of that is stepping back and just saying, like, I'm not anymore. I'm not the driver. Like, it's things I wouldn't have even thought of, like, you know, and some of it's control, right? For me, it's a controlled thing right now. It's a, it's, there's the anxiety and in, in dealing with my own anxiety, I'm an over planner. So like I overcompensate and I plan for everything and I don't have to control every minute. I just have to plan it. But letting go of some of that you know, and that's why, you know, I look at what you did. And I, I just really think it's, it's a testament to you that you were able to give up that and maybe, you know, maybe control for you is not as big of a thing for as it is for me. So that's probably my own issue I'm talking about. But you know what, though, Amy, I think that you're already well on your way to successful travels with older kids and teenagers, mm-hmm. because you can plan the things that include the one thing that everybody mm-hmm. needs when you know what those needs actually are. And we're, t- we're, we're putting it on the table. Now we're talking about what those needs are. You know, maybe a, a five-year-old needs the downtime to play with his matchbox cars, but Michelle, you, not if, if you agree, but teenagers absolutely need their downtime too. Absolutely. You know, in 100%. having that part, knowing that that is a need and planning that in prevents you from skipping that step and then running into a bad case of the grumpies, which Jen Kramer mm-hmm. talked about a episode or two ago, right? Where there's ways to avoid those the cases of the grumpies that ruin the trip for everybody. And I think being aware of what the needs are of the individuals in your group can allow you to choose those plans in a way that can hit on those things without omitting them, you know, without without over overlooking them. That's the word I'm looking for, without overlooking those needs. But teenagers need sleep. Mm-hmm. They need food. They need downtime. But they also need to feel competent and to feel like their identity has been recognized that they have a role, a role in whatever community they're in, their small community, which might be the people they're traveling with. My role is I'm the one that's choosing where we're going today, or I'm the one that knows all the lyrics to Hamilton and I'm going to DJ all the way down, whatever that role is. But then maybe it's their role in the larger community. Like, hey, we need to stop and ask for directions up there. Could you go and be, could you go and ask directions for us? You're going to be the responsible one for us, our representative. And that puts a sense of ownership. And, you know, just knowing that these are the needs of, of that particular developmental stage can help make or break those moments. And then the trip as a whole, you right. know? Well, and it's, it's a tough line to walk, right? Because your teens, you're trying to respect their autonomy and their independence, but they're not adults, right? They're not. So you can't put too much pressure on them. You can't, make them be responsible for the trip. And so there's that, and I know you guys, you know, understand what I'm talking about. There's kind of that, that sort of behind the scenes planning that you need to do to make the trip actually happen. But 
but you have to figure out a way to bring them into it so that they are they are involved and brought in as though it's as though it was their idea you know what i mean and it's and it, it's not that it wasn't it's that you you tried to do the underlying kind of work to get them there so they could be free to select whatever thing that they wanted to do kind of thing and i think amy you you're touching on it when you say you have to respect that, you know, the three of your kids each have different needs that you need to build in time for. It's the same thing when they're teens. It's just that you can't ever talk about it and let them know that that's what you're doing ever. ever. <laughs> so, so taboo topic of motherhood is taking care of yourself, right? So I assume that had you been listening to Hamilton music before you bought the tickets, were you a fan of Hamilton or did you know anything about it? So truthfully, I didn't know a thing about Hamilton. I mean, I knew that Hamilton was the big new Broadway play. And I mean, literally the only thing that I knew about it was that it was about Hamilton and that it had a diverse cast. And that was the thing that I, that I knew about Hamilton. I didn't, I hadn't even heard any of the songs, literally never heard one. And then I think I, I think we listened to the soundtrack on the way down and that was the first time I'd heard it. And, and then we saw the play and wow, <laughs> I don't know if you, I, I think you did end up seeing it, but yeah. it's an amazing, it's just an amazing experience to see see and then of course that became my new favorite um my new favorite soundtrack and i had to i had to listen to it like forever for like another couple of months <laughs> so hamilton's how william got into history so you know okay. how what william is like the biggest history buff it's mm -hmm. wade and i went we got to, we got ended up getting tickets and I, like you i hadn't heard the music before we we won tickets hadn't heard the music and so like well i have to start listening to the music and you know i was like oh okay you know so we started listening it getting getting ready to go and i got there and, and it blew me away it was it was a great show and right after we went we were going on our actually family trip for spring break we took the kids to dc and i could only listen to you know kids cartoons on the, <laughs> the player for so long before i lose my mind so we put in the 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 we we bought the soundtrack and we put it in and we listened to it on the car ride and the kids actually chose to, to listen to the music so it was something we could bond to where it wasn't like okay we're doing the kid thing right because so many of the vacations are just like sometimes it's a little painful like I, I, you're not supposed to say that but it can be like really painful sometimes you're like okay you're real or the kids really enjoy it but you know not every part is great for the parents i'm i'm wondering if you know the Hamilton experience was great because you also enjoyed the play, but would it be advisable? Like, what if, what if your kids, one thing was something that you just like, like, I'm thinking like, for me, it would be like heavy metal, like, <laughs> like, like go to a concert. Like, I think I'd lose my mind if I went. How you also are true to yourself while you try to let your teen figure out who they are like how do you deal with that dynamic wow that's a tough one i mean to be honest with you there hasn't really been anything that he's chosen that has been so crazy to me there's been some things mm -hmm. that i'm not that thrilled with just because you know like i don't know maybe there's music or something he picks that i don't really like that much and i'm kind of like okay yeah that's and and, and and you know he'll try to like bring me into it and be like isn't this the best and i'm like well i i actually have heard jimmy buffett before and you know I, a lot <laughs> actually so yeah jimmy buffett's good great the first forty-seven thousand times you hear it but then i'm kind of over it thanks you know <laughs> i don't know i you know i think i think it's really 
just sort of trying to take an interest. And, you know, there's there's not a lot that you can't sit through for an hour, you know, and, and I think it's just kind of more, uh, it, it's more, it's more about the opportunity to, to bond with your team because, you know, you just don't have that much time, you know, um, especially once they're teens. And, you know, also you and I are in different positions because, you know, juggling three versus juggling one is, is, is not the same thing. But I, I do still think it's good. It's really important to try to make time for the one if you can, you know, on a one-to-one basis for all of your kids. I know my dad did that with me and my two sisters. And that was something that I remember to this day. That's just a, you know, a, a valuable, a treasured memory, if you will. And so I, I try to do the same thing, you know, if I can. I wanted to bring that up too. And I think sometime in the future, we might want to address dividing and conquering in an episode. But I do think that sometimes allowing people to do something different in a trip or a weekend or, or whatever, you're, you know, not all insisting on doing the same thing at the same time, um, because that's what we're here for. And we're all going to visit the falls all together. You know, maybe, maybe what makes this moment really great for you is that, you know, your kiddo gets to wander over the courtyard and listen to the live music, which is grating to you while you check out the falls or, you know, however you divide so that everybody sort of gets something separate, not necessarily equal, but fair Mm -hmm. so that everyone enjoys it and your, your interests are addressed. I think that's, I I think that's a good way to go. I know like a few years ago, we took a trip to Disney World and Connor and I are just very different people. So for me, I like to go, 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 go the whole day. That's what I like to do. That's not him. He likes to go for a bit. He likes to have some time to himself and relax. And then he'll, you know, come out later and poke around something else. And then he wants to have some more time to time alone to relax. And it's just different. And you just have to kind of find times where you can, where you can, where you can make that happen. So in, in that particular case, he was a little bit older. He wasn't a teen or if he was a teen, he was maybe 13 or so. So we would try to do things where like, you know, maybe, maybe he would, you know, maybe I wanted to go and take a look at a store or whatever. And he wanted to go and sit and read a book or whatever. So, you know, you try to be given the, give him the space to, you know, to be in, in one area where you're kind of in an adjacent area. So you can kind of keep an eye on him, but you can go off and do your own thing and give him that space. You know, it's kind of a, it is a tough balancing act when they're teens, you know, I'm just glad I don't have three at the same time. My goodness. <laughs> it's good. Talk to us in a couple of years. <laughs> we'll be a little grayer and worse for the wear, I think, but I think we're, you know, we're rehearsing now and getting some good tips, which uh, we'll put into practice immediately. <laughs> Well, good luck. Better you than me. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm just going to be looking for, it sounds like what I'm looking for now are places that afford me space. So I've learned from our previous guests and from you, the space is really important. So I'm looking for, you know, not all five of us sharing a hotel room, but a place where we can all have space because that's really important. Doing that affordably is tricky, but not impossible. I'm going to find buffets because I want to make sure everyone eats a lot. (laughs) And if it's not that, then we're going to bring lots of food and snacks because hunger does not make for a fun trip. Uh, Make sure there's good Wi-Fi because, and I think, was it the first episode or the second episode? I said, you know, sometimes this is not the time to fight the battle, the tablet at the table battle. Sometimes if you just want to get through dinner, it's okay. Make sure that, you know, you can't limit, especially with, with teenagers. I mean, I, you know, Julian is now 12 years old and going on 13 very soon. And tech is very important in his happiness from moment to moment, you know, and, and the more that that kind of thing is limited, the harder it is for him to get over the grumpy. So you need to have a little bit of that. So my trips need to have space, food, good Wi-Fi, and an opportunity for us to meet the one thing that each of us needs to have to make that trip 
that meaningful thing for us. But it doesn't have to be long no. to be meaningful. And I just, it can be, you know, a night after school, but it really, a night you guys are going to remember for the rest of your lives. Yeah. I, well, I just. Let's keep Michelle on for the ask better family travel question, because that's, that's the question that we have today is about how long you spend on these trips. We have a duration of the trip question. What do you suggest for an ideal length of time for a vacation? I'm afraid if it's too short, we'll be too rushed trying to pack everything in, but longer trips get very expensive with eating out and trying to do an activity every day. What's your what's your feedback about the happy medium? That's a tough call. I think four days is the ideal time because you're going to lose a half a day in travel on either side, you know, and then... You can have a good amount of time to do stuff that you want to do. So, so you're not too rushed. You can you can get stuff done. But then just about the time when you're, you know, you know, maybe you're kind of getting on each other's nerves. <laughs> it's time to go yeah. home. I, I think four days is about ideal. I, I agree with you. I used to be a pack everything in. Like if we were going to go out, if I was going to take a week off from work, we were going to leave Saturday morning at 6 a.m. <laughs> or Friday night. And we were going to stay till the following Sunday. We we're going to pack everything in. And, you know, actually now for, for a flight trip, when I, my actual preference is like leaving on Tuesday because the flights are are more affordable on Tuesday and coming home Saturday because again Saturday tends to be more affordable than Sunday and I get my buffer time in so you know as a working full-time working parent I need time to prepare and I'll drive myself crazy and so for me you know leaving like if it's a flying trip a flight leaving on Tuesday I have the weekend before like it's close enough I can get ready I can do the laundry I can pack the bags I can have everything ready I can put it in the car good I go to work Monday I don't burn one more you know I'm only burning four days so PTO so I still have an extra day and coming home on Saturday I find even more than the getting ready part that our lives are miserable if we try to like come home, you know, you come home, come home late and be like, all right, school work, let's go. No, there's no food in the house. There's no milk. There's no <laughs> breakfast. Go do it and go do it hungry and tired. Good luck. <laughs> yes. Hope you enjoyed the vacation. That then Sunday day is critical. Yeah. Hundred percent. We used to have that. So Connor used to go visit with his dad over spring break, and one of the things we ultimately ended up negotiating, which worked out great, was that he wouldn't leave right after school on Friday. He would leave on sometime on Saturday, and then he would come home sometime, sometime by you know like midday on that Saturday. Because if he came home late, because for a while it was like it's at seven p.m. on Sunday, and then he had to go to school the next day. If he came home late like that, it was awful because he was still kind of keyed up for the trip. But now he's now he's home. He's trying to readjust, and he's got to go to school. And it's awful. But having that extra few hours just for and again, it's, it depends on your kid. My kid likes to have his own space and his own in his own time. He needs that. And if he had that on a Sunday, he was good for the for 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 the Monday. If he did not have that, oh. It was just terrible. It was it was just a grind for the whole rest of the week. Awful. Terrible. Our family's experience has been that we think about it in terms of nights away. So for our family, two nights away is a getaway, but three nights away starts to feel like a vacation. And we learned this because we always did two nights away. Kids were very, very little. It was all I could take. It's so much work when the kids are little. I was like, two nights is all I can do. And then they got a little older and we weren't ready to go home yet. And so one April break, we were on vacation and two nights had gone by and my husband and I looked at each other and said, do you want to add another night? And we did. And the kids were like, we get to stay one more night. This is amazing. And we were like, this is a vacation. We, we could add one more night. 
when it became the ultimate because we had just enough time to really decompress. We were in full enjoyment mode and then we could pack up and go and get back home. But, you know, now we call it the two-day getaway or the three-day, oh, now it's a vacation. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Michelle, I can't thank you enough for coming on with us. I... I think there's so much that I hope people take away are our better family travelers on giving themselves permission to not judge the experience by the length, but by the quality of, of the experience that you're going to get. And that if the objective is to really spend quality time with our family, then pick the activity, even if it's not far away, even if it's, you know, not the one we originally planned, but the one that's right for us. So thank you for sharing that story with us. Thanks so much for having me. And the, the one thing I just would like to say is that don't be too wedded to the plan. Just be just be able to be relaxed and do do whatever works for whoever's there at the time. So anyway, thanks so much for having me. Awesome. I really appreciate it. This was this was great. Thanks, thanks Michelle. Michelle. All right, take care. Bye. Better Family Travel is made possible by the amazing folks from CMG Podcast Network. Check out their list of unique podcasts and production services over at clovercrestmedia.com. Thank you, listeners, for leaving us feedback wherever you are downloading our podcast. Join our community on Facebook to stay current on our topics and resources and submit your questions to askbft at betterfamilytravel.com.